what's up y'all welcome back to another episode of chocolate with the side of medicine i am one of your hosts amy joe md and i've got the lovely ladies here with me dr chris hey guys dr no no hey and dr sunshine what up though so how is everyone today it's monday yeah, I'm going to tell you in advance. Listen, y'all, it's, it's, it's a Monday night for us right now. And uh, my brain is fuzzy. Because <laughs> I've been telling people no to Percocet all day. And um, Percocet. Molly Percocet. Percocet. Not from me. No, no. I can't get it. I don't care what you got up in it. Uh. <laughs> Is that the song you sing for your patients as you're saying no to their Yeah, in my head, I really do like rapping. Today is your day to get your way. You need to go to somebody else. Hey, because you ain't getting no perk sets from me. You can count one, two, three. Baby Joe, are you are you are you sipping wine over there? Completely unfocused. Right, this is all hydration. Yeah, that was a pretty good freestyle, though. I ain't gonna lie. Right? Yeah, you know, so, she, she missed her calling. I think so. I find myself unfocused. <laughs> but I'm here, though. I'm here. It's a testament to how much we love the uh, the listeners to be recording on a Monday. Because usually Mondays, especially as a physician, Mondays are like, get me out of here. <laughs> especially All when days. it hits like 3 o'clock and you know you work till 5. You were like, man, how many more people do I have? This is, mind you, word to the wise listeners, we love all of you. We'll see you any time of day. But especially on a Monday, if you see me earlier, I think you might get a different Dr. Sunshine than if you see me Monday at like 445. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Yes. Sunshine on Monday at 8 a.m. is different from Dr. Sunshine Monday at 445 p.m. So just word to the wise, especially on a Monday. It's like <laughs> a Dr. Darkness during those hours for sure. I, I work very different hours than everyone else. So my Monday is actually my Saturday right now. Um, I've been like traveling. I just got back from DC earlier today. I'm off till Friday. So I'm just over here chilling, which I'm sure three fourths of this group hate me for right now, but I'm sorry. Uh, we are here. All she's doing is bragging right now. She's just like, Oh, I had a great day on my Monday. Sorry. I you guys sure had to work, but right. I was, I was having a great time. Right, she's like day. it's actually Saturday for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So you didn't tell. You didn't tell us how DC was. How's um, DC? For every time I travel to DC, I, I like so every city I go to, I usually go to Redfin and look at condos and different houses and townhomes to see like kind of what prices are. DC, I do that as soon as I step off the airport. So I'm always like, I want to live in the city, but. It just was not in the cards at that time. Uh, we actually went to a new part of D.C. Um, it's probably not new for people that live there, but we visited the Wharf, which is in Southwest. And it is gorgeous because all the time we usually go to Georgetown and we always walk up and down M Street. Um, we go over to Shaw neighborhood to around uh, Howard and whatnot. But the Wharf might be... It's you, you know. I can't let that go by. Right. I, <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. I, I gave a little pause for you to say it. So that, that was that. Is that what you're nowhere? I have two. My both my parents went to Howard, so I already know how it is. Like, y'all go real hard for your for your HBCU. So, um, but yeah, the the wharf was beautiful, and I love DC every time I go visit. Um, it was it was a great trip. So yeah, 
Speaking of HBCUs, did you all see that uh, Jackson State's homecoming had like 53,000 people in attendance? Yeah. It's large, Ooh. large and in charge, so. Yeah, yeah. FAMU, FAMU also had their homecoming, and it was like an Essence Festival. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is. Yeah, They've been packing the house, so, yeah. I'm waiting for an invite to one of these HBCU homecomings, because... That's Dr. Sunshine. No, 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 no. The reason why we're bringing that up is because they weren't supposed to be having all this, like, high-profile homecoming because of Delta variant, and they need to stay home and get their behinds vaccinated. That's why we're bringing it up. And they're here going, no, no, talk about some. Well, I ain't get an invite. Like, no, right. you're, missing, you're missing the point, Dr. No-No. Bro, I got my booster, but no. I, you know what? That is my, very my, little cousin, my little cousin just moved to uh to D.C., and he's he's always loved D.C. because, you know, we're close, and he knew I went to Howard and everything. He's like, yo, cuz I'm in your city. Ah, stomping grounds. You gonna be a homecoming? I'm like, no, and neither should you. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Let's put it all in perspective. You know, I try not to be like a like a. You know how sometimes if you have like an age gap with some of your cousins, you try not to auntie them, but you'd yeah. be like, so no, no, <laughs> right, stop. You, you should also be a responsible adult and not be there. Cool, thanks. I'm happy you had a good time though. No, it was great. I I, I love the city. Like it was between DC and Chicago. I love them both. Um, if I could have places in both, I would. You know, yesterday, but you know, just you know, Chicago's home. So Chicago yeah. is doing, mind you, Chicago's a drastically different city because it's it's so massive, like it's it's yeah. so large of a city. But Chicago is doing a better job of um, preserving the cultural aspects of their city than DC is because DC are. has gone through so many changes and the neighborhoods have drastically changed and cost of living's like tripled. It's been a lot of changes in DC. Plus, DC's like that big so it's you know gentrification is happening everywhere and because dc mm. is a lot smaller than people give it credit for it just happens faster but chicago it's different it's a different story over there <laughs> stand up listen y'all i just want to i need to mention this because i'm very proud of it that i finished squid games because <laughs> <laughs> y'all know it's hard for you to finish any tv series anything on tv if it has a series to it uh, and you were betting your life, like if your life was in danger and they were like, pick your friend that's going to finish this series. Don't pick me because you're going to die. Because <laughs> um, I oh my probably God. not finish it. But I finished Squid Games this weekend. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. I watched it. Um, I am so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Chris. Yes, because you finally oh, watched man. the show that most people watch, and we can actually talk about it. At the same time they watched <laughs> right, it, right? Because, right. you know, it's normally I would finish later. it, but it'll be like two and a half years later, like, right. man, I just finished such and such. Like, no, y'all, I finished it. Like, when everybody else is watching it, like, it's amazing. <laughs> right. right. Every time I would come over to Dr. Sunshine and Amy Jo and Dee's house, you know, you would have on some, like, weird ghost adventure channel or something. <laughs> yeah, that's my story. And- no, and I would come over and watch like Game of Thrones with Dr. Sunshine. We would always be up on like the latest episode and we'd be able to like conference about it and talk about it. I couldn't do that with you because you never watched the show. You watch it like a decade later, you know? So it was just like, there's nothing left to talk Yo, about. Yo, Amy Joe's bad and Chris is being real quiet right now. But when it comes to movies, Chris is bad too. Chris, Chris will watch a high profile movie like years later. I remember one day she watched like, she talked about it on here. About how late she is in movies and how she's trying to like she was super hyped when she finished Endgame, but it was like five years later. Endgame? No. Okay. Okay. To my defense. All right. So what had happened was 
<laughs> I was wait. I, I was supposed to watch Endgame, but I just I just never could get it together. So you're not alone, Doctor Chris. But I'm happy that Amy Joe finished Squid Game. I did, even though I can avidly say that I chose not to watch Squid Game, and y'all can spoil it all day long. I do not care. Maybe maybe you don't know. Can put in the comments, uh, Squid Squid Game spoilers at whatever time frame this is, in case y'all don't want to spoil it for one of our listeners. Yo, it's been out for a month. Y'all should have seen it already. Everybody so knows now. Alert. You know, we're talking about it. You don't want to hear about it. Pause it and then come back and like listen. That, hey, that red light, green light, though, like that set it off. Um, that when I saw that, I was just I was like, like I was "Oh, like, this is serious." And then, and then you know, I would have been frozen in fear, like, "Oh right. shit!" <laughs> and, but you got to move though, because I would, I would have stayed around here. What move. are y'all running? Do y'all see the eyes looking for you? You is getting shot, girl. Sit down, <laughs> right? And don't and come up here next to me. Don't come over here next to me whispering and stuff. Now I gotta look at you because I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. Like, stay over there in your space. No, this was before they figured out that you could, like, you know, the whole point of the game is to be the last person standing. So, you know, when they played red light, green light, people didn't figure out that if you could kill off all these people before you got to like the final round, then it would, be, it would increase your chances. So, I'm sure there are people back there thinking like, oh, if I just push this person and make them move a bit, you know, they'll get shot at and then that's more money for me. But that's that's the whole premise of the show. It's just like out to like, you know, save yourself and get this money. But the guy that won though, he wasn't about that. That's the whole, that was the whole like twist. No. But, then, but then if you're in yeah. that situation, you kind of got to do what you got to do to survive. It's like, it, it's not even about the money anymore. It's just like, I'm just trying to live. I'm trying to live, and right? Die, yo. <laughs> like, I'm trying to live. That's like I'm a gospel song. Right. Um, <laughs> I've been playing gospel music go every like night. That. Listen, I'd have been like, y'all need to give me some headphones because I need some Kirk Franklin on every night after this game. Right? Like, I got to go in a heaven worship. Like, oh, Lord, come now. I need you now, Lord, for this next game. Oh, yo, but the memes, oh. the memes for the show were legendary. <laughs> like, oh, my God. When they were um, when they were playing the uh, game where they, like, make the – they, they uh, trace the cookie thing in the, with the needle. Yo, that cookie was no joke. <laughs> People, someone posted like you know the plastic tin that you open when you uh, when you're getting those cakes from the grocery store. <laughs> like yes. there's so like the challenge would be to open that without making any noise. And you mm-hmm. always know those mugs be making they wake up the entire house. Ah, someone sure knows you trying to get get a, a piece of cake, you know. But it's just all those I've been looking at those memes for like days, and I just. They're all hilarious, so it's uh, nah. It's like some of the games, like you would just if you went first, it's just messed up for you. Like the one with the glass. Oh, you went with the first one. I would have died. I would have been like, "Come on, man!" Like you set me up. That glass. I almost didn't finish it after the glass. I was like, "Okay, enough is enough." Now I'm not finna see (laughs) right. The glass. This is too much. What about the tug of war? He said, this is too much. <laughs> yo, that tunnel world was real. Hey, I was right. on the edge of my seat for the tunnel world. Like, yo, pull. pull, pull. <laughs> but but well, they dude, had that gangster link in like a whole Delta line. Yes. Lean back. Oh, <laughs> lean. What you know? Listen, y'all better get in line and lean. Then when they started like pulling, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, that was good. Yeah. The old dude had the strategy. And they were sitting out. Oh, he. Oh, we don't have enough strength. And the old dude helped y'all with the strategy, though. Man, oh, there was a reason through. for that, but we won't spoil that part. So, yeah. Listen, he was coming through, though. He was so coming you know, through. he was helping. But that marble, listen, the that marble, marble game. Listen, uh, the the dude that you know he cheated, but I'd have to be like, listen here, sir. 
you in this dimension, I'm just gonna take your marbles, okay? We oh, right, right, right. The game is I gotta hold both of our marbles because and I will um, give them back to you mm-hmm. at the end of the game, okay? Yeah. Once he walked away, I knew he was not he he was up to some stuff. I I did not trust him from the get go. So I was I was sad that the uh the Indian guy uh, Ali, Ali. Ali. I like yo him. man, Ali, Ali got robbed. Right, man, I was, I was really like, cheering for dirty. him. I was really I cheering know. for him, but that was sad. So we probably um, spoiled like half the series for yeah. y'all. I'm sorry. So anyway, I did watch it. It was very sad. <laughs> I was like, man, well, I don't, and yeah, you know, there's all these think pieces out about it now, like. The language, you know, I, I know people watched it. I watched it subtitles because I wanted like the full experience. So mm-hmm. I read the whole, se- listen, not only did I finish the series, I read that joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is, <laughs> oh my God. It's a lot. It's <sighs> a lot. I feel I'm proud so of you. accomplished right now, right? Like, yeah, you know, definitely watch it. More uh, importantly than watching Squid Games was finish my notes last week. Like, that was the only two things that, <laughs> you know, I accomplished. Um, but anyway. So yeah, so Squid Games. Um, if you didn't see it and you want to watch it, it's decent. You know, I will. It's, it's I will. I, I'll also say that if you guys are like me and choose not to watch it, that's that's fine too. You know, I had somebody give me like a like a two three sentence blurb about what it was about, and I was like, "Yo, that's that's not for me. Like, that's not that's not I what mean, I'm about." I mean, I'm like, that's not the premise. Mm-mm, is, mm-mm, it's messed up. Mm-mm. It's messed up. I was like, this is, is giving me up. like a Hunger Games vibe. Or exactly what it but was. Like, but like worse. I'm like, you know what? Where I'm at, like in life and. This is like an know. NC-17 rated version of the Hunger Games. That's that's what it is. You know, I was just yeah. like, you know what? I don't think this fits my spirit right now. Who knows? I might do a Dr. Chris and come back to it two years later and I might watch it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for right now, where I am, and I'm, such, I'm in such a good place spiritually, my butterflies and rainbows and shit, it just doesn't mesh well with that. Yeah, so. there were no butterflies and rainbows oh, in this. No. So not from None start to finish. It, it, it came in rude and it, it was left bad. out rude. Yeah, it so. was just bad. You you uh, stick over there, my friend, because there are no I'm rainbows fine. in uh, Squid Game. And everybody everybody around me was watching it. Like even like you know, I, w- I was like, you know what? Listen, you don't have to watch it with me. Go watch it with you know your friends. Watch it with your brothers. Cool, y'all can talk about it. Spoilers alert and all. I'm fine. Like y'all good. Enjoy yourself. I'm like, but this is not for me. And on, and it went crazy on Twitter because of course it was trending everywhere. And then the effect that it has on Generation Z teenagers in high school and how it affects them because they shouldn't really be watching it, but they were. Oh, no, and it was all and it was all over. It was very violent. It was all over TikTok and then it got really inappropriate. And then teachers having to address it in schools and stuff. And I'm like, yo, this is wild. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Only thing I can say if there's any parents out there, if your kids are watching it, I don't think they should. So you, you if you haven't seen it. But you hear you hear your kids. Hey, let's go and finish Squid Games. Just tell them not to finish that, okay? Just I think they're seeing. I think they're seeing off. parts of it or enough about it on TikTok, and I think that they're trying to play the games in school. But instead of dying, I guess you get hit and you get punched in the face. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the kids are doing. The kids these days, they do stuff. I don't know. Yeah. What is it? Gen Z? Oh my God. But yeah. on a happy note, the so the maker. I actually read this really interesting bit about it. So the the director of uh, Squid Games. I guess he submitted it to multiple companies, but got turned away. He made this for about twenty million, but I think his his estimated return, like it's on track to get at least nine hundred million. You um, mean Netflix's like, return? Because not his. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's projected to make at least nine hundred million, which is going to be a huge profit for him. The fact that he was turned away like multiple times, so 
I mean, it just shows that, you know, if you're, you keep at it and you're tenacious about it, then, you know, things, things happen. So yeah. Also shows how bad we are as a society, like this messed up stuff to see. It's not as disturbing it. as was that Tiger King that kept popped up. Wa- middle no, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch, watch that, that one. That's different. You know, That's you know, different. You know, me and Dr. Chris didn't see it. I don't even know why you even trying to bring. Listen, we told you this was an announcement that we right. both saw uh, Squid Game. You know, we're throwing other TV shows and you're like, we saw it. No, we ain't seen nothing else. I ain't seen no Tiger. But this, I think, I think this, this speaks from what I understand about it because I didn't watch Squid Game, but I feel like this speaks to, you know, the desperate things that people will do, you yes. know, and, and, and society and what yes. that means for society. And I was like, I can't have that in my brain while the pandemic is happening. I just can't. It's just too much. Yeah. People, because I'd be like, man, every now and then I go through these moves where I'm like, man, people are the worst. Like, I already feel that way. Yeah. Like, all the time like it, you know it ebbs and flows it comes and goes yeah because but like because the thing is people always will say well i would never do that but you say that because you're not in that situation right, right. like right if you are in that situation you're desperate and this is where you're what are you gonna do are you gonna turn on your friend you probably would because you're trying to survive like a human nature is to survive mm-hmm. not that you want to necessarily do that but it's kind of like what you gonna do Right, and it's and it's messed up, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. A dollar might just make that lame switch. That's just how I feel. Anyway, there's a Kendrick Lamar song about this called Money Trees. Mm-hmm. But dollar, the dollar will change you. The yeah. dollar will change you. Who we got? What's who's telling us about what's oh, going yes. on in the world? Trending topic. So I guess I'm going to start on a sad note because mm. I wasn't going to talk. It, it's just like it came on my phone this morning. I'm sure everybody knows yeah. that Colin Powell passed away from complications um, from COVID. I was so sad when I saw that. Yeah, I was sad. When it I popped mean, up this morning, I was like, I was no. like, oh, no. So, mm. I mean, I'm sure most people are going to know who Colin Powell is. But if you didn't know. Colin Powell was the first black U.S. Secretary, um, Secretary of State um, uh, and chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he's like a decorated veteran. Um, and it was it's really sad because the whole thing about this one, he's um, 84 when he passed away, uh, had a wife and three children that he left behind. But he was the thing about it is that he was fully vaccinated for COVID yeah. and he got COVID. But. He also, what maybe some people didn't know, he had multiple myeloma. So he mm-hmm. had cancer. So he had um, a disorder where it suppresses his um, his plasma cells. So he, was, he wasn't able to get a good antibody response to fight COVID. And the sad part about it, too, is that what they mentioned in the CNN article is that he was due to get his booster shot a week prior, but he couldn't get it because he was sick. Mm. Would that have made a difference? Oh, oh no. But um, it just goes to show that, I mean, we're all scared about COVID, but I mean, this Delta variant is serious. It's not, it's not something to play with, you know? And a lot of these um, breakthrough 
uh, infections are happening. And they're saying that it mostly happens with uh, especially the older population. A lot of them tend to have more diseases or more conditions that um, can suppress their immune system. So they don't they're not able to get an adequate um, immune response to help fight COVID. And it just goes to show how it's really important that if we get if we're vaccinated, more people are vaccinated and around these vulnerable populations that maybe we won't be passing it along and other people are getting sick. So okay. I, that was very sad. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I think what they, when they released the news, I think when their, their initial headline was that Colin Powell died from COVID and that he was vaccinated and that was it. Like they didn't mm-hmm. say anything about him having multiple myeloma, that he was already immunocompromised. So people were already questioning the fact, well, I mean, he was vaccinated, so why do I need to go get the vaccine? No, so this this is why you need to know the whole story before you, you make that determination because he was fully vaccinated. He had an immunocompromising condition, like Dr. Chris said. It suppresses your immune response to fight off the virus, so he was more likely to get sick from Delta if he ever got it. But the issue is that you still, to protect those people that do not, cannot form that immune response against COVID, especially the Delta variant, this is why herd immunity is so important and that we all still encourage you to get vaccinated to prevent, you know, things like this from happening because there are still people around us that even when they get vaccinated, they may still get a chance of getting, you know, sick from severe COVID and they can potentially pass away. That does not mean that you sh- you yourself should not get vaccinated because you are doing your part to protect those people, you know, for, from getting sick from severe complications from COVID. So that was the whole point of that message. So I, I just felt like that was kind of lost when they initially presented that headline. And I was looking around and they didn't post it until maybe like an hour or so later um, that, you know, he ha- actually had cancer and that's why he didn't form a good immune response against getting the uh, the virus. Well, you know, I think... Um, Y'all can see Amy Jo's face right now. These 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 eye rolls. <laughs> what are you about to say, Amy Jo? So I think that people put the medical community on the hook for everything, right? Like Colin Powell had multiple myeloma, which probably complicated his his whole course of of COVID. Whether he was vaccinated or not, you know, that's gonna present some complications. The literature has been very clear that being vaccinated protects you from serious illness and disease, but there are still some people, a small group, but still some people, very unlucky, that are going to get exposed to COVID, having been fully vaccinated and still can get sick and still can die. That is not something new. Um, I'm just, you know, I just, I don't, you know, I I am a little fatigued on the, you know, intellectual acrobatics that we've got to do to justify, even in some unfortunate cases where people are, you know, vaccinated. We've been clear to say it doesn't help everyone, but it definitely helps a lot of people. And when we're watching like 700,000 people die from COVID, you know, the fact that people who are unsure or afraid or a little nervous are going to hone in to say, look, this person, um, because there was another article came out where um, a, health, a healthy individual, no past medical history of any illnesses, fully vaccinated, unfortunately passed away after COVID exposure. People go, well, look at that. You know, I shouldn't get it because that person 
you know, die and they got, you know, COVID vaccinated. And so, you know, it doesn't work. I just, you know, I think that we should not be on the hook to have to explain it on that, you know, minute of a detail. I, am I happy that they gave some further detail about it? But if the Powell family wanted to um, keep his cancer diagnosis completely private and just say, hey, he passed away. Yes, he was COVID vaccinated. That should have been enough. That still should not have meant that people said, wow, you know, look at that. We've got a case there. We've got this case here that says, you know, death still happens in vaccinations. We that's that's not new to the literature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I need people to stop cherry picking when they're going to listen to the medical community, because some of the things that you're saying are not new statements. A.B. Joe literally said <laughs> everything that I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets exhausting. Um, Throughout the whole course of the pandemic and COVID, we are. If, you, if you're not aware of this by now, I don't know where you've been. Maybe you've been living under a rock. I don't know. But everything about this virus affects people differently. Everything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, you don't know everybody else's, everybody else's health status. You don't know their conditions. You don't, you don't know a lot of things. So even people who get COVID, everyone who gets COVID doesn't have the same symptoms. Everyone who gets COVID doesn't have the same outcome. Everybody who gets vaccinated, doesn't, it, it's not, everything's not all or nothing. Especially in this age of science where we're at right now, everything is not like 100% or zero. There's some gray area here, which I agree with Amy Jo. We've been very outspoken as to, hey, this is what we project will happen. This is, you know, the margin of error. And we, I feel like everything has been put laid out on the table. But then as things happen, you're right, Amy Jo, cherry picking bit by bit, one by one. It's like, well, you know, this thing happened and everything's always so dramatic. It's always so over like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And yeah. I agree. It's very it's very like whenever people feel like bringing it up, whenever you feel like highlighting it, whenever you feel like something defends however you personally feel about this or that. And that's not how science works. That's just not how science works. It's you do trials, you get results, you get, you know, probabilities. And from the best of our knowledge, this is what we think will happen. And this is, you know, like it's just these are numbers. These are when we just anyway. I think people like, like you said, cherry pick things and it just plays into the fact that people are just scared and they just mm-hmm. want to, they just want to pick whatever makes them feel better, but that's not necessarily what is true and what's fact and what we know. Right. And, and I think that's pretty much a lot of it is that people are just scared and we're all scared and I get it. And COVID is different for us. Like this is, this is kind of a thing that's evolving as it's going and we're gaining more information as time goes on, but there's still lots of things that we don't know. But science, science doesn't do scared. Science, science right. is. But science is science not really is emotional. Science. It's facts. It's studies. And that's the best. <laughs> that's the best thing about science. Yes. It's not emotional. <laughs> that's the best thing about science. Yeah, but humans <laughs> are, are emotional. You either you either got that p value or you didn't. Right. You did. Right. Right. Is this significant or, or no? Did right. you see this result or no? Like that's it. Let's science isn't like, oh man, you know, it's Monday and the sun's real low and the wind's blowing kind of funny and you know, oh, I got my blue socks on today, not my red socks. Like that's not how science works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it gets back to what Dr. Chris said is that people are scared, right? And and I get it. You're scared. And so we've got we've got we've got room for fear. 
I tell my I tell my patients all the time, like, listen, you can decide to not do something, but you're gonna decide it with the truth. You're not gonna decide it with all this fluff and this internet trash. So I figured since we did a proper primary care talk uh, last season, um, I guess we can kind of focus to the hospital side of things and talk about kind of what to expect when you're admitted to the hospital and, you know, things to look out for and things, you know, if you're not admitted to the hospital, you know, given that our listener base is probably somewhat young-ish, um, you know, this is information you can pause, pass on to your family members and, you know, just things to be aware of when, you know, if and when you are admitted to a hospital. So, all right. So let's let's kind of start and everyone can chime in because all y'all, we did the same training at County. So we all have the same experiences that we can draw upon. This is just now my life's work. So this is what <laughs> I talk about. So. Uh, so unfortunately, let's just play We're going to play like kind of like a. um you know, you're you're coming into the hospital and we're just going to kind of go along the uh, kind of timeline of what would happen if you're coming into the hospital and things to look out for. So you come into the ER. Uh, you're pretty sick. For what reason? We don't know. You're going to come into the ER and the ER doc is going to work you up and they're going to call uh, a hospitalist. So one of us to come by and see you. So usually when they call us, if you see a second doctor, then that's usually means that you're going to be staying overnight in the hospital. Um, whatever you're staying for, because like they, I mean, when I get down to the ER and people say like, why, why is there a second doctor? I'm like, because you're staying overnight. And you're like, what? You know, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're that you're sick enough where you got to we got to watch you overnight. So that's that's usually what it's about. So I come down, I see you. I know you. So when you come into the ER, I know you've been there for hours. I know you've been talking to a lot of people. I know you're probably sick of telling your story over and over again because you probably talked to EMS. You probably talked to the ER doc. You probably talked to the triage nurse. But when you talk to the hospitalist, we get a very full history. We talk about everything that could potentially be related to your presenting complaint. And you have one presenting complaint. You cannot have 10. Because usually when you come into the hospital, you're coming in for a very specific reason. And that is the reason that we are coming. You're coming in for us to work it up. So, for example, you come in for a cough. All right. You had cough, you have fever, you had chills, uh, you're coughing stuff up. All right. We did a chest X-ray. We did your labs. It looks like you have pneumonia. All right. So you're going to come in. We're probably going to give you antibiotics and we're going to watch you overnight. Bet. That's great. So I'm gonna come in. <laughs> this is bet, bet, cool. And we're gonna get a very thorough history from you. So history means, so when did you get sick? Um, kind of what is your complaint? So you have a cough. All right, are you coughing stuff up? Are you were you exposed to anyone else? Did you travel somewhere recently? Did you get vaccinated for COVID? Because if you come in with a cough and you have any sort of respiratory complaint you are going to be asked if you're vaccinated for COVID or you've been exposed to anyone COVID. That is the first question right off the bat. And you will definitely get a COVID test before you come into the hospital. So that's that's pretty much the line from there. We also, so it's not think that we are kind of prying into your personal life because that is, it's not kind of what we, it's not something that we intentionally do. It's just, you know, information, more information for us to get to why 
you may have became sick and what you may have become sick from. So if you traveled somewhere recently, you could have had a different bug than, you know, something that you may have caught from here in the U.S. Or if you weren't vaccinated for the flu, which uh, flu clinics are now open. So go get your flu shot um, because the flu. Go get them. Yes, the flu is still very much out there and you can get COVID and flu shots now. So definitely go do that. Um, so that those are all questions that we're going to be asking and we're not intruding into your personal life. Um, but that is that is all those are all relevant questions to why we need to formulate a history for you. I intrude now. Can, can I, I say intrude yeah in your personal life? I do. Yeah, I'm intruding. We need to be. Can I just say because right because you we you know we've been on both sides right. We when you're family medicine you've been the ED doctor, but you've also been the doctor that's got to come down for admissions and. I know y'all are tired. Like, I, I really need to push this point. Dr. Dono is saying, you have got to give the hospitalist the history. There is nothing worse than a grouchy-ass patient that is hungry, that has been there. They they came, they they came, they didn't even want to, first problem is they didn't even want to come to the emergency room, right? Like, they waited all day. They were hoping that everybody would get home and be too tired to carry them to the emergency room. But folks are nervous. And so now you didn't took grandma to the emergency room. She is pissed off. And she's sick and she needs to stay in the hospital. And now she's gotten wind that she's going to stay in the hospital and she's even more pissed off. And so now she's not giving any history. You all leave because you hear, oh, we're going to keep her. And y'all like, cool, I'm out. And your grandma is in this emergency room refusing to give history. Here is the issue is that the emergency room is really for the, is the quickest assessment you're going to get while you're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Right. It is fast. It needs to make a quick decision. Are you living or dying right now? Do I need to do something to urgently save your life? Okay. If that has been checked and you're stable, but you're still too sick to go home, they pass you off to the team. The team that Dr. Dono is on is coming down to figure out, okay, what does the plan need to be? But that requires all the information. And sometimes you get people who are just exhausted. We get that. But you got to play along. You've got to give us the history because we're listening in ways that maybe the emergency room doctor is not listening. Now, you get some really good emergency room doctors. They know their way around uh, a patient. And so they have kind of, they know to get some information because they know how it's going to go down later. And sometimes they've gotten you all hooked up. But still, the emergency room doctors got to keep moving, especially right now, as busy as EDs are, like the, the emergency department is, is packed. People are sick. They've got COVID. So the ED doc is like, I'm trying to get people in and out. I'm trying to triage them the best I can. So please give the history to the, the hospitalist because they are going to determine how long you're staying or not. Yes. Like what Amy Jo MD said, if you are actively dying, then the ER doc will work you up for that and will save you. But if you're not, you're kind of like, you're still very sick and you still need to come in, then please, if you are with your parent or grandparent and they are very honorary and not wanting to talk and they swear me out of the room, I'm going to call you and ask you, why is your grandma here? Because <laughs> she's not telling me. <laughs> or they have dementia. Uh, yes. Hey, it's oh nothing worse getting oh. downstairs at two in the morning, trying to admit a patient. The family has gone home because they were like, yeah, y'all gonna keep them anyway. And now I'm asking this patient questions and they know nothing. Like, they be like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, are you Francine? Like, no. I'm, I'm Amy Jo MD. Francine. No, I'm Amy Jo MD. Ma'am, do you know where you are? 
Francine, get out of my apartment. Y'all remember that lady was kept calling me? What was she kept calling me? Uh, something real old, like what? Francine. <laughs> Why are you in this apartment? I was like, ma'am, you're in the hospital. Oh, <laughs> or, no. or the whole thing is like, you try to ask them and verify what medications they're on. They're like, well, it's they in the know. system. And I don't know. And it's like, but I you should know, see. And you should know what you're on because I have to restart these medications. So I don't want to restart something that you're not really, really on already. That's going to mess up my plan. See? So oh. you got to help me help you. <laughs> But going yeah. into that, so that is that is one question we always get. So just, you know, look in the system. All my meds are there. I'm like, no, but they're not. Because every hospital system in the U.S., we do not have a unified, what we call, electronic medical record. So even though your medications, they may be uploaded to your pharmacy or they may be uploaded to your clinic, that does not necessarily mean that they are going to be within our electronic medical system. Unless you're in the VA, then all your meds are there. But all the other medical systems, so being in Chicago, if you go to Northwestern or if you go to Rush or if you go to Cook County, um, you go to North Shore, you know, we do not all have the same medical system. That is something that we are all working on to make them more integrated. But we still need to confirm all your meds for you before you come into the hospital to make sure that we are giving you all of the right medications. The one thing that I have noticed is what helps us out so much is if you have an updated medical list and people will actually print them out. I got in a laminated card. I almost wanted to kiss this woman. I'm like, <laughs> thank you so much because we have none of your meds in our system. So this is so helpful. Um, but that helps us out so much when you have an updated card of your of your medic, uh, medication so that our nurses can confirm it with the pharmacy and make sure that we are giving you, that we are restarting all your meds um, for you when you come into the hospital. And if so you I don't know the medications, let's say you're coming, let's say you're the caregiver, or let's say you're the patient and you're like, listen, I have a long list of medications. It's so, some of my patients like, it's just so hard for me to keep up with them. They have changed different things like that. I generally tell people to keep the most recent, um, we call them discharge summaries. So when you leave, when you leave my clinic, you get printed out a summary. And that summary is generally everything that happened for the day. But it's also your most updated list that I know you to be on as your primary care doctor. And you can hold on to that because we try to update it. So, you know, when I when my nurse comes in, they ask, are you taking this? Are you not taking that? Though all those will be on there. If we change anything, if we added a medicine, if we took one off, all of those will be on there. And you can hold on to that. Um, and say, hey, listen, I can't tell you for sure what I am or am not on, but this is the last summary that I got from my doctor's office. And so it will give, it will give, you know, Dr. Nono and her team a good place to start if you can't remember the names or you can't remember the dosages. Uh, that's, that's a good place. So, you know, stick it on the refrigerator. And every time you go to the, a doctor's office, you can always swap it back out. Or you can say my primary care, you know, summary is going to be the one. And anytime you go see them, you when it gets updated, you can take the old one off, stick the new one on the refrigerator. That way, if something happens, you get sick. Somebody's like, where's your stuff? Hey, on the refrigerator, I've got my last um, visit summary. Can you pull it off and um, bring it to me to the hospital or take it with you? So going along that, so met, so pretty much paperwork that you should bring with you to the hospital, 
Um, so including your medication list, you know, definitely bring your insurance card if you have one. If you don't, that's okay. We'll figure it out. But another thing is if you have what we call advanced directives. So those are, that's a list of pretty much things that we should do in, the, in an emergency where your heart should stop or you should stop breathing. Some people do not want to be what we call resuscitated. So in the, that's usually when we do chest compressions or hook you up to a breathing machine. Some people do not want that. You know, usually it's older patients who are at, you know, the end, you know, towards the end of their lives. And they're like, you know what, doc, I'll live the good life. You know, I, I don't want all that stuff done to me. You know, these are my wishes on paper. And then we will take that paper and we will scan it into the chart. These are usually conversations, you know, we in the hospital, we do not initiate these conversations unless you already have this done. And that's usually something that's done in the primary care setting. So in an outpatient clinic, your doc may or may have not talked to you about this, but if they did and you signed a paper, then bring that paper with you to the ER so that we can upload that to the system so that we you do not get mad at us for doing chest compressions on grandma when she did not really want it. If you are 65 and older, don't be in these streets embarrassing me, y'all. <laughs> you had we an had annual wellness visit. You had this conversation. We talked about and it. In your Medicare annual wellness visit, we had this conversation. Because everybody that's had a Medicare annual wellness visit, we ask you, do you have advanced directives or healthcare power of attorney? Mm-hmm. And do you have the paperwork? And if you don't have the paperwork, we put it in your education. Mm-hmm. And we say, hey, take this home. And pick someone. <laughs> I don't care who you pick. But pick someone you trust. And tell them how you want it, right? Tell them exactly what you want, what you don't want. And when you do that, you can fill out your advanced directives. And in the advanced directives, it'll say, I wish... Uh, because it's important. I wish for all these things, right? I wish that if... I need to be fed by a tube. I wish to not have that happen. Or I do not wish to be intubated. I wish to not have a tube down my throat and connected to a machine to help me breathe. So even if you don't have the DNR papers, it's going to help the teams in the hospital. It's going to help the Dr. Nonos of the world know like if she gets really, if he or she gets really sick and I cannot make it and I can't get an answer from them, if they had advanced directive paperwork, I can go to that paperwork and I can call somebody who would know, right? Because yeah. sometimes it's, it's in fairness, it's really hard. It's hard when you don't feel sick. It's hard when you don't have a diagnosis. Some of these things happen suddenly that it's hard for people to make a decision on, do I want to be, do I want DNR, DNI? I mean, unless they know for sure. I've got a small group of people who know for sure they do not want to be resuscitated. Everybody else in that gray zone, like, well, what kind, of, what kind of resuscitation are you talking about? You talking a little resuscitation? <laughs> you talking a lot of resuscitation. And so if you at least have your advanced directives, if you have at least talked through it with someone that you that you know and you love and you trust, they can communicate that. Because if you if we need to make a decision about CPR, then you're not responding anyway. And we're going to have to talk to somebody else. And so it's a, it's a way. Mm-hmm. So if you are... If you know somebody 65 and over, hey, and if you're 65 and older and you listen to Chocolate MDs, what's up? We appreciate you. Come through, <laughs> seniors. Thank you for being here. But if you uh, know somebody that's 65 years and up and they have not had their annual wellness visit, it's a Medicare visit that they get, 
it's a good time to make sure they do that because in that visit, they will at least be asked the question, do they have their advanced directives in place? Sorry, Dr. No, no. No, no, please. That's great. Family history. All right. So family history is, you know, for some things it's very important. So like if you're coming in for like a, um, you know, they did a CAT scan of your, you know, chest, whatever, and they found like some type of cancer or some autoimmune process like, you know, sarcoid or, um, you know, something that may be concerning for lupus, anything. Um, we always ask about family history to see if this is more genetic. And that is something that we will make note of because that is something that you will probably need to get tested when you get out of the hospital. So that is also very important. And this is usually more for immediate family members. So your cousin three times removed on your dad's side, you know, that's not you know, that it's great that you told me that, but usually we're looking for more immediate family members and, you know, like among your siblings, that very distant stuff is, you know, it's important, but not as important as like your immediate family members. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt Dr. Nono one more time too, because I just want to make a quick pivot back to the whole, I'm not digging in your business type of thing, because when Nono was mentioning going through your histories, there's a lot of different histories that we're going to get from you, including your family history, your medication history. That social history is really important. And I understand sometimes, especially younger people, I feel like, and, and it might just be me, all the times I worked in the ED, a lot of times older people, they be real with you about their social history. They like, look, dog, I drink this much. I smoke this much. I do some cocaine, maybe heroin on the side. Boom, boom, boom. They like list it out. Older, older people list it out. I say, thank you. I document it because it all goes into your health and whatever we're going to do your visit. Young people will be like, oh, well, what do you mean drugs? Or, what, do you mean, <laughs> yes. what do you mean, doc? I'm so confused. Like, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, listen, I got to take this history because it all goes into your care, right? So when Nona was like, well, we don't really dig too much. I mean, Nona's going to dig into your histories and this is part of the intake. And this isn't like something you should be offended by or take personally. Like this is the drill for everybody. We want to save your life. We want to give you the best chances of survival. So I really need you to answer these questions. Did you do some cocaine today or nah? Like, because your heart is doing some funny stuff. What have, do you do cocaine or nah? <laughs> It matters. Yes. It matters. It, it matters. Because then I can't give you some meds. Maybe I can't do certain things because you have cocaine in your system. Maybe we need to check it. Maybe you got to pee in a cup from me, bro. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So this is, no, that's, that's a huge point because I am not the police. I am a physician and I am here to make sure that you get walk out of this hospital alive. So I am not here to, you know, send you off to jail as if you did cocaine or heroin or whatever. I am not here to get you to baseline and then send you off to the county jail. Like, I, I don't do that. The thing is, what Dr. Sunshine alluded to perfectly is that there are some medications that will interact with the illicit drugs in your system. And that can have a very serious effect either on your heart, your, you know, your lungs, you know, whatever system in your body. And we want to, and we want to avoid that. So when I ask you about, have you done cocaine? Have you done heroin? Have you done PCP? Have you done ecstasy? Have you done LSD? Have you done, how much do you drink? How much do you smoke? What do you smoke? And then how do you take it? Do you vape it? These are all questions that I'm going to ask and please do not get offended because it all goes into your, your care. Ooh, that, that, when was your last drink? Listen, mm, like when was your last <laughs> Mister, I drink a liter a day. When was your last drink? Because I need to know. The worst part is when they lie Mister. about it. 
That's the worst don't part. Don't lie about this drink. Don't lie. I don't want to get a phone call at three in the morning talking about some. This man ain't here. His is bro. I will call any girl MD. Be like, what? What is going on with Doctor Mister Jenkins? What? What is you? What is going on? <laughs> Talk they're, to your they're especially for alcohol. So there are windows where we kind of know to like be on full yes. alert. That if you have not had a drink and you're used to drinking all the time, that you are probably going to get a little altered on this, right? Um, <laughs> a little, and, a little, a little. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, we've seen strange things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen somebody like chew chew off a, a chew off a IV and and pee a a whole rainbow into the corner. I don't know what he was aiming for, but that pee was like pew. Like I mean, living his best life. That's like dang. Um, and I, I felt so bad. It just made a mess of everything. And like, I mean, the most, you know, completely confused, nicest person I had ever seen. Right. And, you know, I'm standing in the doorway with the charge nurse. We both looking like, this is what we're doing tonight? This is what, this is what we're doing. <laughs> um, but if you know, like you drink more than you should, uh, and you know that there have been, a, I don't care if it's one time, I don't care if it was 20 years ago, there was this one time where I went to the hospital and I did not, I didn't drink for, for a few days and I don't know exactly what happened, but somebody told me I was really confused. We want to know that. So that's going to yeah. be, so definitely check out our Blame It on the Alcohol episode. I feel like I'm like highlighting all these episodes from season one, but that's pretty much this is all this is all coming together. So our blaming on the alcohol episode talks about very much about alcohol withdrawal, um, seizures that you can get from stop when you stop drinking suddenly. So if you drank for a very long period of time and you stop suddenly, you're a very high risk for what we call DTs, delirium tremens, which can cause seizures. And those in alcoholics are very, very hard to control. So if you do drink more than what you should you need definitely need to let us know because we have special protocols for that in the hospital to make sure it does not get to that point yes and we're not here to judge you we are just here to help you so it just helps me make a decision because i've even had a patient uh i knew my patient was an alcoholic came in and he wanted to tell me he's not he's never drinking but he's shaking so i'm like so i was like let me just ask the question another way and then he doesn't tell me. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask it another way because clearly <laughs> something, something's not happening. And, and then finally he told me and I'm like, I just need you to be honest with me because I want to do the best thing for you. Because right now we're in the situation where I might have to send you to the hospital. So. And you know what? And you know what? They're not going to give you at the hospital. I'm be real with y'all. You know what we don't have at the hospital? Alcohol right. for you. Or cocaine wow. or heroin. We don't we don't have that for you at the hospital. We don't. So let's just let's just be Yeah, because you're gonna go through some bath <laughs> withdrawal, so we should know so we can get ahead of it. <laughs> right. You know, and I think sometimes it has to do with where where they're coming from. Cause like yeah. you know, in, in this in South Carolina, I, I said this before, I think we were talking about oh, the Mary Jane episode. Look, this is a flashback. <laughs> um that I it's it's hard here in my state getting people to admit to drug use mm-hmm. right because in the in the state of south carolina you can lose your children if you you know pop positive for weed yeah mm-hmm. so you know you think about in states where you know those are the risks sometimes it's really hard to get people to admit it but listen in the hospital i am not law enforcement right i am trying to and marijuana may not have me you know 
having to check you, you know, do neural checks every four hours all night long. So, you know, the marijuana is not really the point, but telling me as your physician just gives me a heads up to figure out how do I make a safety plan for you, right? The whole point for you being in the hospital is so that we keep you safe. And the last thing you want to do is miss something that means you're not as safe as you could have been. We got all these resources right here, you know, in the hospital. So agreed. So I'm sorry. No, no. So we were in the ER. You took the history. They're admitted. No, no, Go we're, ahead. Not, we, we're not we admitted yet. Care. We're still working on the history. So, all right. So another thing, just, so when I asked, so part of the history that we take, we also ask about your allergies. So this is very important because when we give you antibiotics for whatever infection or whatever you may have, we need to know if you had a, what we call anaphylactic reaction to one of the antibiotics that we are potentially giving you. So Usually 99% of the time, people will say they're allergic to penicillin, but they can't tell me why and how. So what we're looking for is usually, it's it's a daily occurrence, I tell you. Um, so when we ask you, okay, are you allergic to, are you allergic to anything, like any medication? And we're asking about like rash, or we, we're asking about like, does your throat close? Do you find it difficult to breathe when you take this medication? And that's, those are the, that's what we call an anaphylactic reaction, typically. So we're not asking about seasonal allergies, which almost every American has. We're not asking about, okay, you took penicillin as a kid, but you can't remember the reaction. And you said your parents said you were allergic to it, but they can't tell you why. We, no. Um, and then if you had like nausea or you had like some, you know, random GI upset, like if you had diarrhea from metformin, Bruh, that is not an allergy. That is uh, that is a very common side effect with methylorin. So the when I ask you about allergies, those are like the very red flag signs are typically what we're looking for. Is like, do you get a full body rash, and does your throat close when you and you can't breathe when you take this medication? So that's that's allergies. So oh my god, y'all, I love y'all, but you drive me crazy. When I ask about your your medical history and you tell me you have none. But then I ask about surgeries, and you said you had a whole pacemaker placed for this heart <laughs> heart condition like last month. That is a medical condition. You need to tell me that. <laughs> They'd be like, "Nah, doc, you said medical conditions. You ain't say surgery. That's that's different. <laughs> that's 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 a medical history. That's a history. Something you should have should have led with that. All right. So I think so. We we went over intake in the ER. You got a bed. You're coming up to the ER. Also, when I come down to see you, if someone comes to see you in a white coat, they have a badge that says doctor. When they come into the room, please do not assume they are at the transport because I am the doctor. <laughs> that, that happens a lot more often for multiple reasons, I think. But usually, uh, you know, I would just say be cognizant of when we introduce ourselves. I will, I was, I will always introduce myself as Dr. Nono. Like as my real name because we're on a podcast and y'all don't know my real name, but um <laughs> yeah they do. You said it like two three four. Times. Is that that? Ah. You're fine. You're fine. We're fine. Yeah, y'all know where I'm at, so it's fine. But either way, um, when I <laughs> when I introduce myself as Doctor So and So, please take note of that. Doctors, nurses, transport. We are all we all fulfill very important but very different roles in the hospital. So please don't assume that I'm working as someone else because. That, that is that is my role. So doctors are doctors, nurses are nurses, transport is transport, dietary is dietary, so on and so forth. That's that. All and right, that whole team. 
makes it all happen for you. So, uh, yeah. I explained it to them. I, 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 I really do, especially when I'm working like as a hospitalist, which is what Nono does. If I'm working as a hospitalist, I like to make a point to like really, and I almost do like the feed, you know, the feedback teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, so, so which doctor am I? Okay, cool. Like, as long as we're all good. Because I feel like by the time they actually get upstairs and they have a bed, they've seen so many people mm-hmm. that it's like a blur. And especially sometimes if they get admitted overnight and they see the overnight doctor, and that's not going to be their doctor for real. Exactly. It's a day team that takes over. So I like to be like, hey, just so you know, I'm your doctor for the night. Yeah. You will see me all night. <laughs> In the morning, there will be a different doctor. But I'm going to communicate with them, but I'm your doctor for the night. Or if I'm the primary team, I'm like, listen, I'm your daytime doctor. I know you. We know each. We have an understanding here. Like, I, I have a whole discussion about this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I'm going to play probably devil's advocate. Like, it depends on what you're in for. You can have multiple teams and multiple doctors seeing you and mm-hmm. telling you a different plan. Yep. One tells you this. Another one tells you that. And I think it can really yep. be confusing for the patients. And a lot of times... After they are discharged from the hospital and they come and see me, their PCP, and I'm like, okay, so what happened? And they're like, I don't know what they, they said. This one said this. Why were you hospitalized? I don't know why I was hospitalized for this long. I'm like, what? So uh, did they change yeah. your medications? I don't know. Mm. And and it's and I think it's a lot of it is not that I don't think it's the doctors are not telling them when they're leaving. It's just they are bombarded with so much information they just can't they just can't it hold all it looks in. the same yeah i have a i have a personal question to ask I'm about the derail everything no one's doing i have a personal question to ask have any of you on this podcast been admitted to the hospital as a patient yes because i have me. okay so me and amy joe have been admitted and i will be honest and i, I will talk about my experience very shortly if i was not a physician <laughs> I honestly would have been very confused at all of the teams taking care of me. I would have. But because I am a physician, I'm like, okay, hi, good morning. Because they all come and see you with a crack of dawn, Mm -hmm. right? Wake you up, crack of dawn. And I'm like, hey, 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 rubbing, you know, the sleep out of my eyes. What team are you from? But I ask that because I'm a doctor. I'm like, so who who are you? Right. Are you and you're going to come back again with your lead doctor, right? Because I know that I know the flow. But if you're not a doctor and you see all these doctors mm-hmm. and they all pop in and pop out all day long and you got the little doctors and the big doctors and they circle back around with the team and the med students, you're like, mm-hmm. who are y'all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. that's true. Because in both cases, me and Dr. Uh, Sunshine have both been in for surgical cases. Right. And so that automatically mm-hmm. means that there is a primary care team. And then there's a surgical team. And yeah, if I, I, I think about that, like if I didn't know to, if I didn't know to know like, okay, this is, you know, who this person is, this is who that person is, then I would be like, okay, wait, I thought I just saw somebody. Wait, who's going to discharge right. me? Right. Wait, who says, who can say go home? Wait, I got to wait. Well, I thought such a said I can go home, but I've got to wait until the other team rounds. And so mm-hmm. it, it, it can be a lot. Um, it's a lot. It's hard, but you know, and even still, I, you know, yeah, I feel like even when you have a, a pleasant experience, you see so many people, right? I was not, you know, 
in my mind, I was not that sick when I was admitted to the hospital, right? I was probably a very simple case. Like they didn't have to really monitor anything. Like the medications were simple. I was hanging out, you know, I was up using the bathroom right when they, when they said, and so, you know, like it was great. Um, but even still, there's still so many people coming in and out, right? You know, when you're post-surgery, you know, the, the nurses are, are coming in every four hours, check your vitals. Like, you can't get any sleep. Listen, the hospital is not the place to come to go to sleep because mm-hmm. you are not going to get it. Um, you know, so everybody's in and out. You're like, well, somebody was in here. If you didn't know anybody, know any better, you're like, somebody was in here. They were doing something, right? They wrote something <laughs> down, right? You know what I'm saying? Like... Well, somebody came in here, they, you know, they gave me an injection. And so you're like, okay, I don't know who's who, but it can be confusing. And then yeah. like, and this, if you're like, you know, you know, if you have like a very simple, simple, uncomplicated case, then we may, we may need not need to call what we call consultants. So when you're admitted to the hospital, you're typically admitted, you know, under the care of a primary hospital service. So, you know, what we do. But if you have a somewhat complicated case, so if you're a surgical patient, something that needs surgery, if you have some, you know, issue with like your heart, um, you may need cardiology. If your lungs, you may need pulmonary. If you're in the ICU, you may need critical care. Um, so these are all consultants that we will typically put on the case to help you get well enough so that you're able to go home or go to rehab or so on and so forth. So that being said, you may have, I think, oh, Dr. Sunshine, I remember you had a patient in residency who had like nine consultants on her case. You remember that? Because yes. I covered for you that one night and I remember, my God, this is the most complex patient I literally have ever seen. It was some weird autoimmune case I've never heard of. And yeah, it was it was extreme. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of a patient who I really had to sit down with her and I actually made her a list. I did, like I wrote it out for her and I was like, I am your primary team, but we have asked these other types of doctors to help us with your care. And I made her a list because mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, you have the kidney doctors. They're going to come see you. You have the liver doctors. They're going to come see you. And I made her a list because even her and her family members were like, we can't keep up. Like, we don't know what's happening. People keep floating in and out. And y'all know how the hospital yeah. is. You know, you have, yeah. you have, and the teams come by multiple times a day. Everybody's wearing a white coat. They can't remember the names of the doctors. Mm-hmm. They just know, hey, a doctor came in. He had like 10 people with mm-hmm. him. And then they left real quick. They said a couple words, lots of medical language. I don't even know what they meant. And they just came and they left. And I'm like, okay, this is a lot. But that means the primary team, the main hospitalist has to work harder to make sure that the patient knows what the plan is. Like every day, I have to emphasize to you, but this is the plan. Mm -hmm. This is where you are. You're getting better or you're not getting better. This is the plan. This is where we're at. And it's hard. I think that's a good point that you made because even like um, during my training, I realized, you know, in the beginning, you're kind of not sure what you're doing. And then, of course, when you're getting closer to the end, you're, you're pretty much the third year resident you're pretty much running your whole team and you kind of know what to do and um i made a point when i was on the floor that i would go and see my patients multiple times in the day and Mm -hmm. update them on the plan and i realized when i did that i decreased the calls that they get at night so i'm not having people calling family members calling like trying to find out what's going on with the plan no one told us we don't know what's happening because i update them all through the day and I let them know, hey, I'm going to be leaving. 
there's going to be another doctor that's going to take care of you, but they're the night team. Any questions that you have, <laughs> you save it for me during the day. You know, they're not going to answer those questions. So the thing is, is it's really important to do the communication so they know what's happening. But unfortunately, what happens sometimes is that the primary team can get very busy and they have a bunch of other patients and they don't get mm-hmm. a chance to come yep. to you. And yep, it's that balance that we got to kind of have, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So going along that with that, so... Doctor is completely right. So usually, you know, a normal shift for the day team and the night team. So day team usually is there from like 7 to 7. And then the night team comes on from 7 to 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So that's usually kind of how it works. The day team has been the ones that are usually managing your entire care during the hospital. So if you come at like 8 or 9 and you're asking the night hospitalist, like, hey, what's going on with my mom? You know, I'm not I'm. I will definitely do a like review of your chart to see if there's any questions that I can answer at that moment. But honestly, all those questions are probably best served for the primary doctor or the primary hospitalist that comes on during the daytime. So you're, you're on the floor. Um, we, got, we called all your consultants. You got your little diet order. If you're here for surgery, you're going to be NPOs. That means nothing to eat after midnight. So do not call me asking for a cheeseburger at 3 a.m. in the morning because it's not going to happen. Um, Ooh, you just made me think of something else. I'm gonna let you. Bruh, oh my god! <laughs> I, I once had a guy. So also, oh, so emergency surgeries. So usually, um, or procedures. That is something that you know me and the ER doc will talk about when we talk about with the when we talk to the consultants, and that is something that we will set up for you right away. If you are admitted and then you're asking, well, why haven't I had this procedure done yet? Like, isn't this an emergency? Chances are, it's not. And that is something that can usually wait till the morning. But something that is like life altering, like at that moment, we will call the consultants and they will come in and do that procedure right at that moment. And usually emergency surgeries or emergency heart problems like heart attacks or whatnot, those are some things that those are things that deem immediate attention. Not everything that you come into the hospital is like that. And we are very well aware of that. And if that does become the case, then we will make those appropriate calls. But please do not call us negligent for not calling somebody to come in and do this right away. If it is something that we do not deem very appoint, like something that needs to be handled right at that moment, then that's usually something that can wait until the morning. So that is, you know, I, I get a lot of angry calls like, oh, why is my grandma getting this procedure done? Like, you know, isn't this like an emergency? Like, can she die from this? I'm like, it's just, it's just not something that we need to do at this moment, but your mom or grandma is stable. So it is completely fine. I have a pet peeve. Dr. Nono said something and it made something pop in my head. This is not related. It's semi-related. If you are admitted to the hospital, it is one of my pet peeves. It has a part A and a part B. Mm -hmm. We're going to do part A. If you are admitted to the hospital, do not have your family bring you Popeyes, Harold <laughs> Chicken, uh, I don't KFC. Like I can guarantee you, if especially it's always the ones that are there for a heart condition oh or or they need a stent. Something if something is happening with you and you are in the hospital, we get it. The hospital food is not great. It's not gourmet. It's not five stars. We get it. 
But chances are, if we made it so that you're not supposed to be eating right now, or we have you on a certain diet, I promise you it's because we care about your health and we're trying to get you right. I promise you. I promise mm -hmm. you. But especially when you are not supposed to be eating, if you have a surgery in the morning or something, and you have your loved one bring you some Popeyes at midnight, which no one knew that you were going to have. And the next thing we know, you can't get your surgery. You can't do whatever you're supposed to do because someone brought you some Popeyes. Guys, that will drive us utterly insane. And part two, part B. If you know that you were admitted to the hospital, and this is a Cook County thing. This is a, no, this is a county thing. This is a county thing, not a Cook County, a county thing. If you know you were admitted and you have an IV in your, in your arm and you are admitted to this hospital, under no circumstances do you leave the hospital to go get the Popeyes. <laughs> what? That's what's happened? Under yes. no circumstances do you take the little, the little, the, the IV that they got attached to that little pole on the wheel. Under no circumstances do you take that on the elevator with you and go down to the lobby and go across the no! street to get you some Under no circumstances. For real? Yeah, it happens all the time. Bro. Happens all the time. And everyone out. Or, I definitely have somebody leave it. out and come back. Or they'll go outside to smoke a cigarette. Or they'll oh, go they out and meet up with their baby mama. Listen, listen, listen. Bro. Nah. Oh, my God. We're not doing that. And they're that. coming back, the sugar's on the 500s. Be like, bro, what did you do? We're not doing that. Right. They be the just... hospital when you feel like it to go smoke a cigarette. What are we just doing? surprises. What are you you are like, what? 500? 500 Ooh. glucose? That was your story. Like, you I don't know. Saw you. you don't know. You know. Or to meet or to meet your home, go go meet your homie outside to hit a lake real quick. Like, listen, no, nah, oh that's my not what we I have never had anyone leave like to go across the street. What? Are you kidding nah, me? I mean, they would go down yeah. to the parking lot to smoke, but they wouldn't like go across the street and get food and come back. Like, I feel like the people at Popeye's should say something like, bruh, why are you in a hospital gown? They probably don't they because it's a normal thing. I mean, yeah. What about the guy that at one time we were in the cafeteria was like downstairs, like in the cafeteria line, gown on and everything. And I think his nurse saw him. He like had just had abdominal surgery and he was pissed because he said that um, what they had given him for like uh, dinner was not good enough. So he decided he was going to come down to get him his get him something to eat. And I was like, oh, my God. I get it. You don't. You don't like veggies. I get it. You don't like fruits. You don't like. I get it. I get. I get. It. You don't like the hospital food. We don't. You know. We didn't we don't either. Like the food. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be either. good though. Yo, those um, wings used to be fine. Yeah. Oh man, those jerk chicken wings from Count. Oh my god, those are so good. But that's me. Rant over. Yeah. Sorry, no, no. No, ahead. that's a perfect point. Please do not do that. Um, and that also prolongs your hospital stay because mm -hmm. usually, if you do not eat, if you eat. And you have a procedure scheduled for that morning. That is something that will have to be scheduled for the next day. And if possible, you know, that, that's a whole, you lose a whole if day. If possible, don't let it be the weekend. Yeah, then you then did a whole weekend. Monday. That's not happening until Monday. So, bruh, don't, don't do it. Just, I know that food, it looks enticing, but just don't do it. Family members sitting there eating it with them. Y'all don't get out of here. Right. Oh, okay. So one more thing. So if you have questions about anything during your hospital stay, please let us know. If something is not clear, um, let us know so that we can come by and explain it to you. Like if there's if there a procedure is planned for you and you're not sure why it's being done or you know what the indication is, I just just let us know. I mean, you know, we'll come by, we'll draw a diagram, we'll explain it more in detail for you. Because as doctors, sometimes we use you know, and, you know, these three make fun of me about this on this podcast. I will use doctor speak or doctor language, and I just forget 
because medicine, speaking medicine is literally a whole nother language. And you kind of forget that, you know, the general lay person may not know what you're talking about. You know, just like terms we used earlier, like DNR or DNI or advanced directive or CATH or, you know, the NPO, all these are terms or abbreviations that we use in the hospital just to make communication a lot easier. But, you know, we kind of forget that, you know, the general person may not know what those mean. So if we do say those things or, you know, there's something that we're explaining that does not make sense to you, just let us know. I mean, that is, you know, that's part of our job to make us make sure that you understand what we're doing to you because it is your body and we want to make sure that you are understanding what is going on with it. So that is that is that. Feel free to email us any questions you may have and we can definitely talk about it more on, you know, upcoming episodes. But that is generally kind of what we do in the hospital. So it's not just a scary place for everybody. We are all looking out for you. And usually we are also in communication with your PCP to make sure that you get the information about what they what we did for you during the hospital and any sort of paperwork that we gave to you when you came into the hospital, please give that to these three because they are going to want to know why you're in the hospital for two months. And if you come to their office empty handed, I will get a very angry phone call or email. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So in terms of the uh, transitioning to the questions, I think we'll probably only have time for one question Mm -hmm. today. And because we had a lot of trending topics and a very good main topic. Y'all ready for these questions or question? Mm -hmm. All right. So I have a question here, um, which was just added because it was asked to me personally. And I thought we should talk about it on the show. So (laughs) it's an interesting one. So the question is... How do I bring up to my partner that I have concerns regarding his genital hygiene? Mm. This is a new partner. And according to him, he has a negative STD test. And we've been dating for about three months. FYI, we are a hetero couple. What do you mean according to him? What on paper is that? It sounds like it sounds like maybe she. That's a that's a very good question. It sounds like maybe she asked him before they started dating. If I were to guess, I think this probably is like a an online swipe turned dating. That's that's my guess here, because I actually don't know that background. Um, but I think that she asked him, "When was your last STD test?" He's. I guess he was like, "I went to the doctor. I got one. It's fine." But you're right. I don't know where them papers at. I don't know if he sent screenshots like. This is what my doctor said. So, yeah. Because first saying, of all, you need papers. Is he saying that he has like body odor or like? That's what I thought. Not, like, she they don't know how to like know. tell him like maybe you need to like shower a little more often or something. The fact that she said he has a negative STD test makes me feel like this this hygiene has to do with like the oh, okay. pelvis. This has to do with pelvic. But that's that's my guess because she said he has a negative STD test. As in, like, she thought it was that, but he said, nah, nah, I'm good. I got tested. I'm fine. So, you know, that's an interesting, you know, thing. I think women kind of get conditioned to always be, you know, we've got women so alert and conscious to, you know, being sweaty in the pelvis region, odors that it can, you know, cause, you know, women do lots of, like, 
hair, you know, trimming, shaving, waxing, different things like that to kind of eliminate odor because we know the vaginas have a discharge. We talked about it before. And some guys inherently know that they can have some of those issues, but it doesn't always transfer. And so, listen, if this is somebody that you're sleeping with, y'all are having sex, um, especially if you're having oral sex, you know, I think it's fine to very gently say, hey, you are a little musky down there. Like, it's just... There's a there's a musk scent to it, you know, and so I can smell it. You know, I think it's, you know, I want to make you aware and see, you know, is there any way you can, you know, make it better? Because sometimes guys really don't know. They'd be like, what? What's wrong? Like, what's the deal? Like, I showered this morning. Like, I definitely had a shower today. I mean, I know it's five o'clock, but, you know, should be good. <laughs> so you have to, I think you have to really have an honest conversation and I suppose things like this really define, you know, your relationship or your friendship or whatever, because it just, it really becomes a moment where you're like, okay, what can I say to this person? But you can offer let that. Me, let me go back to this. Let me go back to this question. She said, how long? She said three well, months. I, I, yeah, fresh. I understand fresh, fresh. it's awkward, but it's something that you got to be said. I mean, because the, the way I see it. <laughs> well, it's not fresh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> If you're you're having sex with however you do sex oral or whatever, I mean, we're past pleasantries. Like we 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 together like doing stuff. So <laughs> I should be able to tell you if um, something's a little off, especially if you expect me to come and do things or you know do oral sex. And if I'm not comfortable, I should be able to tell you. And you should do the same to me. And I should <laughs> like if I if it were me, like if it was the other way around. And I was maybe a little funky. I, I wouldn't want you to tell me. Be like, oh, for real? Okay, maybe. You know, there's a way and, to say it, I, though. So the person yes. doesn't, you know, get offended. There is the issue. Because in the days of, of TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we have developed that the only way to communicate with someone, especially about the sensitive things, is to make it as 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 honest as brutally honest as possible you know everything doesn't have to be brutally honest i think you can really have a conversation and say like hey i notice an odor when i'm you know going Mm -hmm. down on you like have you ever noticed it like do you smell it like um and i feel like you know guys i mean because you just like vaginas have an odor we talked about this you know um testicles can have an odor too right they're hanging out all day um they don't get waxed like you know girls do at least not all of them and i think it's fine to say like hey did you notice that you know there's this thing happening uh what do you think about it and you know can is there anything that we can you know do to make it better and uh yeah have the conversation right um Guys kind of wash and then they just, you know, get up and go. So if there's still some moisture buildup <laughs> from the shower, yeah. even though they're like, man, I just showered. So I know I'm good. Sometimes guys don't appreciate that, you know, everything is enclosed in there. And if any moisture from that shower gets trapped underneath the skin, like, you know, underneath the scrotum or anything like that, it could create an odor. That's what I was wondering. Like when I read this, I was like, I'm I'm wondering like the setting of 
of what their day has been like before they get active with each other, you know? Like, did he play basketball earlier? Like, was he out here, like, you know, like, is his job, like, does he work at FedEx and he'd been delivering boxes all day and then he just came to see you right after work? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering the, di- the dynamics here because it might just be like a, listen, bro, you just need to hop in the shower real quick, come out, oh, man, it's a brand new day. Like, you never, you, you never really know. Or she might have caught him fresh out of the shower and she's like, this still ain't it. What right. is, what is, maybe he watched them fast. Maybe he, yeah, I, I get it's three months, but it's three months and you all are exchanging intimate connections. So mm-hmm. once we signed up for sex, we signed up for the conversation to come along with it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, real. I think you'll know what, you'll that's know what real. your friendship or your casual relationship or your budding relationship or your actual relationship is worth when you start having the conversations. So I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, hey, we, we got to talk. Like, and, and it'll define it. If somebody's like yeah. not feeling any anything that you're talking about, well, it won't get any better. Mm-hmm. Amy Jo literally took the words right out of my mouth. Because that's the thing. If you don't say anything... And if this has become the norm, because most people, a lot of times when you're dating people and no, 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 no's been making faces this whole time and she hasn't said anything, but <laughs> usually when you're dating people, cause she keeps doing the, like the eyebrow thing, whenever Amy Jo says something, but she's not saying nothing anyway. But usually if you've been dating somebody and this might be revealing too much about my dating life, which has been very colorful anyway, but usually if you've been dating someone like if you notice something one time, you might be like, all right, maybe it was a one-off. You know, most people might do that, especially if it's like someone you've been dating for a while, you feel close to them. But then if you start to notice that it's a habit and this question leads me to believe that this is a habit, then I agree with Amy Joe. If you don't say anything, it's not going to change. Then this has become your normal. You're basically signing up for this to be your normal. And as far as I'm concerned, that's never okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's never Three okay. Three months is going to turn into nine you months never- and you're going to be still smelling right. them same balls. <laughs> 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 because at the end of the day, you know, similar to something that Dr. Chris said episodes ago, you know what I mean? Like you should, you should enjoy yourself. Like you should be able to have like, you know, a happy, healthy sex life. That's, that's important. So if something is going on and you don't feel comfortable doing something, you should be, you should feel comfortable being verbal about you being uncomfortable, if that makes yes. any sense. So I kind of feel like that that's the communication aspect there because you shouldn't feel forced to do something you don't want to do. And if there's an obstacle there, if there's a block there and that block is hygiene, then we have to talk about it in order to be great together because this isn't going to happen because this is a no-go. Yeah, and you, <laughs> and you just spend it like, what can we do together? Like, I'll help you. Like, how can how can we help each other? Uh, listener, I hope we helped you. If we didn't help you, send, I guess, send me another text. <laughs> she listens. I don't know. Whatever. Send me the follow-up so, to what uh, happened after you said something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is the follow-up. <laughs> Listen, she might be the type to be like, girl, I just left them all. I swipe on somebody else. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> people, you know, people right. are just not getting back out here. People just not get, people are, what they say, <clears throat> vaxxed and waxed, you know? So they just vaxxed and waxed. And if it turns out, and if it turns out he left you because you said something, sorry, honey, but it's okay. You'll find somebody else. he wasn't else. right. <laughs> yeah, you'll find somebody okay. else. I feel like people have been like talking online for a long time and they're like, cool, let's meet each other. Like, we're all vaxxed. Like, let's do this. And then 
then you get into it and you're like, wow, what an obstacle. <laughs> I mean, and in so many words, if I tell you you stink and you're not willing to do anything about it, then maybe it's best that you move on to somebody else because I'm not dealing with that. So, yeah. Yo, you know what? That's true. COVID has changed something. I was reading something online and this um, this girl was like, yo, I've been, you know, me and this guy have been talking for the past, like, it was something crazy, like six six or seven months or six or ten months or something and she's like we're going on our first day any tips and i thought <laughs> first date that's a long time yeah it is a long time she probably she you know what maybe they want to wait until you're both vaccinated mm-hmm. and it's been a whole pandemic yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a, long, a time. long time and i thought yeah. okay all right well maybe it's out of necessity so you know, dating dating definitely changed a lot during COVID. Just how you go about dating, how you meet people, how you're yep. deciding who to or not to hang out with. So, you know, I was not hating on the process, but I thought, man, they're getting ready to go on their first date and they've been like interacting, I'm assuming electronically, you know, whether that be video yep. chat or like phone conversations or text messages, and they're just going on their first date. Welcome to... Yeah. Um, COVID. Chocolate kisses. Chocolate kisses. My chocolate kisses go to um, my healthcare team because, yeah. We're, you know, we are a rapidly expanding group and um, I've grown out of my space. And so the team, I'm moving it, literally moving across the hall. Like my clinic is relocating. We have space across the hall that we weren't using because we just weren't, you know, big enough to move. And so that move is happening in like my, you know, my MA, my nurse, you know, I have been coordinating like, what rooms need what? Amy Joy MD, you know, likes it like this. You know, is it staffed? You know, do we have the computers? What does the office look like? Um, and so they have been like working overtime, and I honestly have been doing nothing. <laughs> That'll be great. How honest. Um, How honest. And so shout out to them. Um, they don't even listen, but. Cause I don't really like promote my, my podcast at work, but they, um, so, you know, but you know, listen, they can still get their flowers. So, you know, shout out to them for making it all work because without them, this would not be happening. I'm pretty excited. We just got back from DC. Um, my chocolate kiss would go to my sister and my dad. Uh, we took a little road trip down there and we had a really good time. Um, so it was nice to spend time with them. So I've been on like a spat of long nights uh, for the past week or so. So it was good to go down there and see more DC. And um, we met up with a friend down there and had um, brunch at Busboys and Poets. If y'all never heard of it, it is one of the best brunch spots in the city. Um that is one of my old stomping oh, grounds. Yeah. And to be honest with you, they never did brunch the whole time I was what? there. That's a new thing. Really? Bus Boys and Poets was the night spot. Bus Boys and Poets was like 
late night poetry, bring your boo, get on some deaf poetry really? type. Like, I've only my sister, my sister. Like it was like, <laughs> listen, it's a I've only known them for brunch because that's only the every time I've been to their restaurant. We always go to the location on K Street. Um, and that was honestly that's probably the best one, I think, in my opinion. But it was a good time. Um, we got back like yesterday, so it was it was a good time. That's dope. That's good to yeah. know. Maybe I'll slide through next time I'm in DC. Slide. Mm-hmm. My chocolate kiss is going to go to my uncle um, because he's running for Congress. Um, those who know me personally have already seen my social media posts. Um, my uncle, he's currently a Florida senator, and he is running for the House of Representatives for Florida. He actually, my uncle in person, I'll be honest with y'all, he's a big personality. He does a lot, but he actually has a really good heart and I love him to death, but he's like that life of the party person when they get to the party. He's, that's him. He's like, ah, I'm in the house. What's (laughs) up? Ah." He's he's very like, you know, and you got to be like ready to invite him somewhere because you're like, oh, you know, he's coming, right? Okay, cool, cool. Do we have his favorite drink? Do we have his favorite? Okay, cool. He's coming. Like he's, he's one of those. Um, but he's awesome and he does a lot of really cool stuff. He pushes for things in Florida that everybody who's from Florida says that we need, like, you know, voters rights for felons and like all the stuff that's wrong with Florida. Like he's really, he really tries really hard to, to change it. So he's actually really dope. So my chocolate kiss goes to him elections in two weeks. If you guys are registered to vote in Florida, specifically Broward and Palm Beach County, please go out and vote. Um, yeah. Register to vote and go out to vote in two weeks. That's all. Mm-hmm. Congrats and good luck. I hope it works out for him. And he's a Morehouse man, so there's that. He'd be sad if I didn't shout out Morehouse. Or and he's also a Kappa. So shout out to Morehouse. Shout out to the Kappa. Shout out to all of that and everything that comes with that. That's all. <laughs> so my chocolate kiss. I guess I, I felt really sad about Colin Powell. So I'm going to send my chocolate kiss to his family and friends for their loss, oh. and also for. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has lost someone through COVID, I mean, this has been a really tough time for a lot of people, family and friends. And, you know, it could seem like you're alone in this, but you're not, you know. And I just want to send out some love and let you know that you're not forgotten and we're thinking about you guys. And That's That's such a good one. Yeah. People have been devastated by COVID. Like, I know it's going to be dying down. Like, nobody's talking about it right now. But you're right. Like, I still have people coming in. They still have stories about losing, like, chunks of their family. Yeah. To COVID, so. Yep. Like, entire families. Just a good one. Generations just wiped out from the Like, wiped out. The matriarchs just yeah. gone. And it's it's really tough. And no one really, like, talks about it or spends time on it. So, you know. We see you. We hear you. I agree. We feel you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good kiss, Chris. Thanks. That makes up. That makes up for last time because you didn't get to I finish didn't. off last time. You got to finish it off this time. So that makes up for it. All right, lovely people. It's been wonderful talking with you and such, and we will see you guys in two Tell weeks. Tell them where to find us, people. Yes, thank you so much. All right, y'all. So good save, Amy Joe. Good save, Amy Joe. <laughs> Thanks. See, she knows. So you can find us on our website at www. Right now, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Snagging all her her, her M and M's. I'm having a hypoglycemic episode, so I have started eating peanut butter crackers (laughs) because I'm feeling a little dizzy. (laughs) 
it's Monday and I didn't eat dinner. I only had soup and I rushed home and I did my Peloton and y'all, listen, you have to dial nine one one in a second because I feel like I'm gonna go down. So I'm eating. All right, let me let me finish this up before Amy Joe has a stroke. So <laughs> Um, so find us on our website at www.thechocolatemds.com. Also check us out on our social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at thechocolatemds. And be sure to keep checking back for updates on upcoming episodes and also fun facts. And also be sure to submit your uh, your questions either via our DMs or to our Gmail, which is thechocolatemds at gmail.com. Yay! Okay, but now for real this time. Pretty people, we're out. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.